Welcome to the Honor Roll Insurance Podcast. This is a podcast of the Toscano Agency, which by the way, was founded on Bill Toscano's front porch over 50 years ago while his kids are running around. Why the front porch? It's because his wife would not let him use the dining room. We're still family owned, operated, and friendly here at the Toscano Agency. If you're interested in seeing the house with this front porch, make sure you check out our new website, toscano.com, and you can see the picture. Vacants don't scare us. We help with residential, commercial buildings, and vacant land as well. Even better, use our vacant reader where you can quote and bind, plus you receive more commission. Check it out at toscano.com forward slash readers. Today, we're talking about coaching our leaders. Is this possible? How do you do this? Is it safe? Without further ado, here's today's episode. Good morning, Dana. How you doing? Good. Happy Friday, Nicole. Good. How are you doing? Wonderful. So I'm assuming we're going to be dealing with your runner's cough this morning, considering it was in the 30s. I would think so. It's it, get, it comes and goes. I can't figure it out. I'm still thawing out the hands. That's that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, last day of September, 39 in the morning. Come on, I, I refuse to get the gloves out. I will Ugh. not do it in September. Pushing eight October, November. Okie dokie. I get it. I'm not ready for that. Yet. So tomorrow morning you're gonna put your gloves on. <laughs> it's tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow I'll be dodging raindrops on the treadmill. Oh yeah, coming through up here. Yeah, hurricanes making way. But yeah, how about you? How you doing? So good. Back to running this past week. I was so happy to have runners cough. It was a good feeling. I'm afternoon running though, not morning yet. So um, yeah, good things. Love my new shoes. It's it's been great. It's nice to get back out there again and um, excited. And I don't know. I know everybody lives somewhere different, but the sunset yesterday while I was running was mm-hmm. amazing. Like yeah. amazing. It's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, this is why I run outside. I love mm-hmm. running outside any day yeah. of the week. When I, I, I see sunrises a lot of the time, mm-hmm. agree. And then, um, I was driving home. We were driving home later last night too. And I saw it too. And so I'm glad you get to witness that. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm going to have to do more treadmill work <laughs> as it keeps getting colder. And it's just like the rest of the world. These are very minor problems in the scheme of life. <laughs> yes. get this. I get this. Just, I'll miss the sunrises and the sunsets. Cause that is the nice thing. The perk of going outside and getting outside. So. Agreed. Agreed. So our topic today is kind of a sticky one, but I think it's really important to talk about because every single person who's listening has had to deal with this in one way, shape, or form. Is it possible to manage your leader, especially your leader you know that needs coaching? And this doesn't necessarily have to be the owner of the company if you work for a large corporation. This could be someone who leads your team or is in some sort of a leadership or management role that affects your daily role. Everybody needs to get feedback. Everybody needs to hear feedback. Everybody needs to be open and accepting to it. But it comes down to the reality of the situation. Not everybody is. A lot of us don't take constructive criticism well. However, we dish it out. So how do we handle that? How does that work? And you know, I've I've had this question from a lot of folks. How do you coach someone that really, really needs it? When the question really should be, how can I improve the trust 
this person has in me so I can share these things with them. Dana, have you experienced something like this at any point in your career? Oh, for sure. I think, I don't know. I don't want to say every job, but almost for the, even if it was like another coworker, you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, on the retail side for me, I worked in really small offices where the owner there was only one owner and maybe two other people that worked there. So when that owner tells what tells you what they expect and what to do, it's really hard if you don't agree or the way they're telling you or the way that they're communicating things with you that it's not working. It's a little intimidating in that aspect because they are the only boss. They are the own, they run the show, they own the building or they lease everything is under their control. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you on the fact it's the trust. I mean, when you start out somewhere, you might know from the get-go there's something missing or that early on in the stages, like I just don't feel appreciated or I don't feel like I feel like I'm giving and giving and doing all this work. That, That was my one. I'll give you that example. The one I had, the one boss I had, I felt like, I'm like, I'm doing all this extra work. I'm doing, I feel like I'm giving it all I can. And sometimes when maybe he would leave for a few days or a week and then come back, it wasn't, he wouldn't ever say anything about what I did. He would find one thing I didn't do, Mm. sit down and be like, well, this didn't get done. And I would almost be in tears going, I was happy to get what I could get done by myself you know, kind of thing. But over time, I think he learned to, to trust. There were more of trust came with the time I had there with him. Yeah. To the point where it really did turn around. I didn't really have to say anything. I think after a while, my emotions were just on my sleeves or my whatever, however that Ooh. saying goes. But um, I remember there was one time something happened and I think I almost teared up and I just didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. And then the conversation ended. I just said, okay. And he walked away. And then honestly, after that, I don't know if he talked it over with somebody or whatever, but maybe he saw that I was hurt. I didn't have yeah. to say it. I'm sorry to say that I had to get emotional, but sometimes I, I'm not the best at communicating. So my point is, yes, I've been there. Um, and yes, I've evolved. I think it just depends on the atmosphere. Um, and bigger companies, you might have more outlet, um, right? Not if you're, if you're having a hard time getting that trust or building that trust with the person you need to talk to, you might have like an HR department to bounce something off of on a different approach. Or if you have to go through somebody else to get the point across, you know, in these smaller outlets, that's not an option. You know, that's just, you just have three of you total to do it. Does that make sense? Right. No, it does. It totally makes sense. And, you know, we have to definitely address, excuse me, the fact that this is a little bit different when you work for a small company. A lot of us, you know, have worked for small independent agencies and, um, you know, there's a staff of three or five and typically people are related. That makes it even more awkward. That's so true. (laughs) You know, that, that makes it a little bit difficult or some of us work for larger companies that have more of a structure and a hierarchy and, you know, you go up the chain of command for things. So it could be a little bit complicated. Um, 
the first company I worked for, I started as an internship while I was in college and then worked there full-time after I graduated, large corporation, knew who my manager was. Um, and she was very cold. She was just a very, very cold person. And I obviously was young. I was in, you know, my early twenties and I wasn't used to working with the personality that was so cold. And she would come across and I, and I would observe her with other folks in our department and you could see people's reactions to her. Like you were saying how you got emotional because, you know, your boss pointed out the one thing you didn't get done and you were proud of everything you did. She wasn't very appreciative of the work people did. Like she never said, oh my gosh, she did a good job or, you know, never showed that appreciation, always pointed out the wrong and as time went on with her, she really could have used some feedback, whether it was from someone on her team, which scared me. What the heck is the name of the movie? Devil Wears Prada. It was oh, kind of like one of those th- situations, like everybody Miranda. just jumps. You don't like, yes. Mm-hmm. You don't question. You make sure the coffee is right. Like one of those scenarios, people are absolutely petrified. When you are petrified like that, you can't learn. You cannot learn from this person you are petrified from. And you shouldn't be afraid to go to a coworker and try to like say, hey, can you like stay late and show me how to do this? Because I'm afraid to ask this person who's supposed to teach me how to do this thing. That is a horrible environment to be working in. And I hate to say this, but it's so true. People don't leave jobs. They leave bad management. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I left that job because of that woman. I absolutely left that job because of that woman. I loved what I did, but I didn't have the support I needed. I was petrified all the time. And I remember making a mistake and coming to her and saying, I made this mistake. Can you show me how to fix this so I don't do it again? And she made me feel like the stupidest person on the planet. I sat there in her office and I cried. I mean, I was young. And you know, when you're younger, you don't have the greatest control mm-hmm. of your emotions. I was very, very sensitive at that time. Now I'd be like, what's your problem? But no, seriously, all kidding aside, I was really upset. And then I put my notice in that next week. I gave my two-week notice. That was it. And they what? asked me in my exit interview. They're like, why are you leaving? I'm like, her. She is the reason I'm leaving because you cannot learn from someone you are petrified from. Right. She needed to hear that feedback. I was did not have that foundation of trust and respect with her to be able to share that with her. That almost sounds like she thrived on that or something. It was though. weird. You know, yes. if everyone let it happen or just, ha- that's scary. Like mm-hmm. the, some people think that that's okay. Um, and I guess that's true. If, if so many years go by and nobody ever steps up, then anyone that comes in is just going to continue. It just, gets passed along to every new employee, like, okay, you can't go to her for that, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. it's not fair. And like you said, they probably have a very hard retention, have a very hard time of keeping employees and how that helps anybody. I don't know. You know, I I, I don't know how they don't reflect and say, why can't I keep any of my staff? (laughs) You know? Yeah, definitely. I don't know that, but it is a hard conversation to have. And like you said, when you were younger, too that doesn't help but and if you just start out you definitely don't want to say anything but if you stick it with it for a while and things aren't changing and you still see everyone buckling what do you do yeah you know if you don't feel comfortable and nobody's gonna step up 
then I think you're right. Most people are just going to leave. And that is sad because it's the management. Those other people could have been the best people to work for that company and make it very successful. But in that type of atmosphere, it's kind of doomed for failure if no one sticks around. Um, Exactly. And, you know, every leader needs to have that group of people that they trust, whether that's people above them, around them, whatever, the people they trust that they can bounce things off of and take that kind of feedback from. So, you know, it really depends on the relationship that you have with your leader. I'm not telling everybody to go out there and tell your leader exactly what you think. That not be the first step. You know, it's, and you have to do it in a constructive way, not a deconstructive way. Like, you know, you're not here to insult the person and make them feel bad. You're here to help them to do something better that maybe they're not doing, in your opinion, to the fullest of their capability or the best way to handle something like that. But making sure that you craft that message just right is definitely important. The other company, I, I worked for another company after that. This was a, a small independent insurance agency. Um, they they did all acquisitions. So they didn't build the book themselves. They just bought multiple books of business. So it was a father and son operation. And I was hired um, as an admin and then moved into a producer role and we continued to grow the staff. So um it was difficult because the father, he had been in the insurance industry. He was a marketing rep for Aetna for years and years and years and years. And towards the end of retirement, before he retired, he's like, you know, I'm going to buy an agency. I always wanted to do this side of the business. So that's how he came in. So, you know, he was very knowledgeable and understood. I learned a lot from him about insurance and especially commercial insurance. His son, however, had a substance abuse problem and he would consistently come in late, not show up for appointments. We'd have to cover for him. He would get very, very angry and irate with customers on the phone, reps on the phone, companies like causing just huge, I was putting his fires out all of the time and you start to get really sick of that. Now, my desk was in the same office as his. We were like on either side, opposite sides of each other in the office. And um, the breaking point here was he lost his temper on the phone with an underwriter because he couldn't get something done the way he wanted to. I don't remember what the details were, but that was the long and short of the story. He picked up his phone and threw it across the room and it literally hit the wall right above my head and landed on my desk. Oh my gosh. Nothing was done. It was not addressed. Like I went back into his father's office and I was like, you just saw what happened. Like, are you going to do something about this? Like, this is a constant stress in this office. Now, this is obviously an extreme situation, but this is me trying to reach out and be like, I need you to do something about this. Now, this is obviously extreme. And this is me reacting to what just happened. I almost got hit in the head with a phone because this guy is losing his mind. Right. um, And nothing was done. Again, the next week I put my two weeks notice in. Like, here we right. go. And that that's you a know? family situation. Yes. That's the sticky part because mm-hmm. it took you that long to not say something, but that's ex- that's very extreme. Extremely how you could not say something, especially that the dad was there to mm-hmm. see it and witness it and not do anything. They're just gonna turn our head the other direction. So like it didn't happen. Right. Extreme situation. Obviously, the foundation and trust wasn't. 
I would say the foundation, the foundation of trust was built. However, that became a blood is thicker than water thing and nothing was going to change. And I figured that out in that moment. So obviously that's an extreme situation. However, these are things that we have to face. If you have the ability to coach your leader and you have that foundation of trust and you're close enough and you approach it and craft that message the right way, you can really make your work relationship or whatever it is you're trying to change, whether it's a process, an idea, you know, whatever it is, you can really make a change. And honestly, a good leader wants to hear feedback. They want you to question what they're doing. A lot of the times I will go around with my team. I have my idea for something, but I let them all share first. So my idea doesn't skew theirs. I really want to hear what they have to share, what they have to say. And I think that's a really good way to approach things as a leader. But um, do you have any any situation you want to share, Dana? Uh, mine were pretty exaggerated and uh, no, difficult. But. I, I mean, like I share with you, that was the hardest thing for me at points in those offices when I would be the only one there running the show just trying to keep it afloat the best yeah. I could for them to come back and, and dwell on one little thing that wasn't even that major of a deal to tell me it wasn't done. That hit me the hardest. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, as I evolved, I think in everything, sometimes I, I do a little bit more reflecting. I always sit back and go, okay, is this a me thing? Am I being too sensitive? And if I have a good coworker colleague or even just a, like, someone like my mom or someone that I know that's been in the professional realm, bounce it off of them. If it's a one-time thing, okay, maybe it's just me, but if it keeps recurring, I'm doing, I'm trying to do a better job of being better at communicating and not being so afraid. And I do really think that comes with time. Some people are better at it from an early stage. I was never that way. It takes me a while. I think I've told you guys that before, but, um, I'm doing my best to get better at it and also finding the best approach. I'd really have to sleep on it before yeah. I, I would have that conversation to be as, um, not that I'm a mean person. I don't think I'd ever come in extremely aggressive unless it was just like, it, I'm not saying you were aggressive, but like in your situation, it was that extreme where I would show mm-hmm. that emotion of what is going on? Why aren't you doing anything? Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, to come in the most professional and respectful manner because here's the thing, as a team player, I want to evolve too. If there's a problem, I want you to tell me if I'm doing something wrong. I'm open to it. But just since I'm open to, you know, constructive criticism doesn't mean somebody else is. So and right. especially if it's our manager. So yeah, our boss or mentor, whoever, whatever. Is, yeah. To, it's very, very difficult. So yeah. And in those critical situations, like, you know, that phone being thrown, I only had the owner to go to. That was it. That might not necessarily be the case for you. Sometimes you have to go above your leader if it is a critical situation. But if you're doing that, you make sure you have to do that in a respectful manner. Be pretty discreet about it and use the facts. Lead with the facts. Don't put your opinion in there, your perspective in there. Lead with the facts when you are having to go around your leader, only in that critical situation when that happens. The other thing that can be really helpful, and I don't think I could have done anything different in that phone situation, but something you can do is if you are going to be approaching your leader about something um, 
that's hard to talk about. You want to make sure you're catching them in a good mood. You know when's a good time of day for them. You're not going to catch them Monday morning when they're bombarded with problems. You know, you don't want to catch them on a Friday afternoon when they're trying to put out all the fires before the end of the week. You want to catch them at a time that's good. Um, and I like to do this. I like to lead with humor. It kind of like just makes it a little easier in my life. <laughs> like yep, yep. get rid of the nervousness a little bit if you can get them laugh. Um, but that's something that also you know, it's just, it's important to remember this person's the same as you. We all put our pants on the same way in the morning. A lot of us like put people on these pedestals and it's just not necessary, you know, get down to earth and just be, approach them like a normal person, you know, that just because they're in a leadership role or a management role or, you know, an executive, whatever their title is, doesn't mean you have to be nervous to approach them about something. Does that make sense? Right. right. And I really think, like you said, if you're a manager that is, is managing multiple people, like a bigger team, and you really care about the team, I, this would, I'm just speaking from the way I would feel. If I think I'm coming across and doing a good job, but everyone below says, I can't stand the way Dana does this. So this really bothers us. I'd really hope they'd let me know before it brewed and it brewed and it brewed mm-hmm. and it caused problems. And maybe like you said, Nicole, force someone out. I, I think everything's okay, but nobody's telling me maybe if you approach it differently or things have evolved and that's not working anymore, Dana, you know, can we talk about other ways of approaching it? I would be so open-minded to doing whatever was best for the team. I think that's, my mom told me that a while ago, to be honest, and her roles and her management and things. She's like, sometimes we don't always know what everyone's feeling. It's not that we right. don't care. It's that we're so focused on other parts of our manager job that we don't ever want to be portrayed a certain way to our, our other mm-hmm. workers. And how are we supposed to know if nobody tells us? Right. Now she understands there's a respect in things and how, how hard it is to approach, but she used to tell me that all the time. Like we, the managers, they can just get so lost in what they do in day to day. And they think it's all working. Sometimes problems need to be, be known to them, you know, right. especially if it's something that they might be attributing to mm-hmm. change that. So I thought yeah. words of wisdom. Definitely. No doubt about it. You know, that's, that's really, really good advice. So like I said, I'm not telling you to go out there and tell your manager exactly what you think of them. I think it's a good idea to, you know, share some things. If you notice weaknesses and you have a strength that, you know, complements that weakness, you want to start to talk through that. That's, that's a good way, good idea to, to approach it in a specific gentle way. So good topic, Dana. Thanks for taking the time to talk today. Thank you, Nicole. Have a great day. And I'm on the roll. 